Thank you very much, my dear listener, for choosing our station. This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Today we'll be having a Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. The story is about Daniel's vision of strange animals. Thereafter, we'll be having Pastor Obed Soire talk about love during the Bible segment. To start off, here's a song, Gioni Pasaka by Crossroad Singers.
Time to welcome the Babu in Living Sound to share with us. Karibu. And the Medes and Persians took over the kingdom of Babylon, the most powerful nation on earth. By the authority of the gods of the Medo-Persian Empire, I anoint and crown thee, O Darius, king of Babylon. Long live King Darius! Darius! Nebuchadnezzar was a great king, a marvelous organizer. But the kings after him, oh, they were the exact opposites. No wonder Babylon fell only a few years after Nebuchadnezzar's death. And this, my captain, shall be an object lesson to me. I am going to reorganize Babylon after the manner in which Nebuchadnezzar did. You shall help me. Yes, Your Majesty. Have any of the prisoners been put to death yet? No, Your Majesty, except, of course, Belshazzar himself and a few of his closest officers who died the night we took Babylon. Ah, perfect. See that none of them is executed for any reason at all. 
until I have talked to each and every one of them. His Majesty talked to prisoners? Why not? In this manner, I shall discover who are with us and who are against us. They'll all say they are on our side, Your Majesty. I realize that, Captain. But I shall decide by the manner in which they say it and by answers to other questions. Why, I may even discover some who were officers under Nebuchadnezzar himself. Those are the ones I'll question very carefully. I might as well start immediately. Bring the prisoners before me, Captain, one by one. You are an officer in Belshazzar's court? A prince and a governor. Is that the manner in which you speak to your king? You are not my king. My king is dead. Captain, execute this one. Bring in another. Well, of course I'm on your side, Your Majesty. Why? Will you conquer Babylon? I have to join you or I'll lose my head. Captain, this one too. Send in another. This one seems to have good ideas, Captain. Perhaps I can use him. Keep him under guard in the outer chamber. Send in another. There's only one left, Your Majesty. A rather old man. I doubt, Your Majesty, if oh, an, he... an old man, huh? Hmm, then he is more likely to have known Nebuchadnezzar. Bring him in. Live Darius, king of Babylon. You recognize and honor me as king of Babylon? His majesty is king of Babylon, and I have a great respect for the authority of any office, small or great. You approve of the manner in which I became king of Babylon? O oh, king, thou sittest upon the throne of Babylon because the king of kings willed it so. King of kings? Who is he? He is the god I serve and worship, your majesty. He giveth kingdoms, and he taketh them away. Therefore, O king, I shall serve thee to the best of my ability. Hmm. This is a new outlook. I like it. Your name? Daniel, your majesty. And your position and duties under King Belshazzar? Well, I'm afraid that I had no official title or duty under Belshazzar, your majesty. <laughs> I imagine you were too good for his liking. Perhaps you served in some capacity under, uh... Nebuchadnezzar? Yes, Your Majesty. What position did you hold? Scribe, perhaps? Prime Minister, Your Majesty. Prime Minister? You were Nebuchadnezzar's Prime Minister? He was kind enough, Your Majesty, to trust me with that position. Kind enough? You were Prime Minister to the greatest power on earth, and yet you... You don't even brag about it? Oh, King, be it known unto thee that what I have been and what I am is not because of any worth of my own, but because I serve a just and merciful God. And to your majesty, Nebuchadnezzar was a great king and my friend. And you were his friend. I have no doubt of that whatsoever. I am beginning to understand why he made you his prime minister. These things are what made him a great king. Uh, Daniel, I... I would like to talk further with thee in private. I wish to know more about thy god and Nebuchadnezzar. In the morning, in my private chambers. This has been a revealing as well as pleasurable talk, Daniel. I need you in my court. Your wisdom and statesmanship, your tact and courtesy... And your fidelity to right principles will be a good guide and example to the other members and officers of my court.
You three men are herewith appointed as presidents over the hundred and twenty governors of the whole kingdom. First among you will be Daniel. You other two will be accountable directly to him. He will establish your duties and give directions. You may withdraw. Long live the rise, King of Babylon. not right. Right? It's a crime. Appointing Daniel a captive from Jerusalem over us. Huh. We are Medes and Persians, loyal to our king and country, and what do we get? A foreigner over us. Huh. An old man at that. Let's get rid of him. You're forgetting that Daniel has somehow managed to gain the favor of the king. We wouldn't dare touch Daniel or often come our head. <laughs> our only chance is to find something against him concerning his god. It is well known that he serves first his god, secondly his king. And the king knows this as well as we do. Daniel's fidelity to his god is one of the things the king likes about Daniel. Yes, but the king is basically a proud king, jealous of his power. Daniel is true, above all else, to his god. Certainly we can make these two facts work to our... Uh, I think I have an idea. We will go to the king, all 122 of us, and flatter the king... Therefore, O king, thy humble princes and presidents desire that thy wisdom and understanding, justice and mercy be spread abroad, so that all shall know of thy greatness. With this in mind, O king, we have prepared a royal statute and decree that whosoever shall ask anything of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. This is the parchment, your majesty, upon which we have written the decree. Sign the writing, O king, and establish the decree that it not be changed, according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. I did not realize that my princes and presidents were so solicitous of my welfare. I shall sign the decree. Then shall my greatness and fame be known throughout the length and breadth of the land. Daniel is kneeling, facing Jerusalem, and praying to his God. Oh, of course, him to worship his God, regardless of anything, even a king's decree of death. <laughs> <laughs> Come, let us make the thing known to his majesty. No, 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 not yet. We will watch until he has prayed three times. Then we shall tell the king. <laughs> O king, didst thou not sign a decree that any man who shall ask a petition of God or man, save of thee, shall be cast into the den of lions? I did. I most certainly did. And it cannot be altered. O king, we... Uh, that is... Uh, your majesty, Daniel regardeth not thee, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh petition to his God three times daily. Daniel? Yes. Yes, I see it clearly now. It was not zeal for my honor and glory that led you to propose the decree, but jealousy of Daniel. And I, I was too proud to see through your flattering words. And know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree or statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Yes, I know. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, I have no choice but to order the arrest of Daniel. See to it, captain. At eventide, take him to the lion's den. I shall be waiting there. Oh, 
All right, Captain. Do your duty. Man, move the stone from the mouth of the den. Take the ropes and lower him into the den. Daniel, Daniel, thy God whom thou servest so faithfully, he will deliver thee. Oh, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> Roll the stone again over the mouth of the den. Oh, I, I will seal the stone myself with my signet and the signet of the Lord's. I hope that you've indeed enjoyed that story from the Bible in Living Sound. Remember to send us a views, comments, and suggestions about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276-00100 Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I want us to look at the topic of fellowship. Let us indulge in our imagination today. Imagine a baby is born. What joy floods the soul. The oohs and the ahs from friends and relatives are thrilling. Imagine 10 years later, the baby is still the same size and the maturity is when it was born. What will be your immediate reaction? Will you say, wow, he's still so cute? Or will you say, well, I guess some babies grow slower than others. If you're like me, this will be your reaction. Get this baby to the doctor now. It doesn't take a doctor to figure out that the baby in our story is not normal. Normal babies grow and mature. It is abnormal not to. When God praised his Holy Spirit in you at the moment you trusted Christ for forgiveness, you are born again spiritually. Instantly, you became a child of God's eternal family, a new creation in Christ, created to grow to maturity and destined to glorify Christ throughout your life. This is how Peter puts it in 2 Peter 3 verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The next four lessons will teach you principles that will help you establish a lifestyle that will promote spiritual growth in your Christian life. 
as in the physical world, growth takes time, and attaining spiritual maturity requires patience. But if you'll discipline your life and apply these principles, spiritual growth will be the inevitable supernatural outcome. The first principle to ensure spiritual growth is to establish strong relationships with other growing Christians. Even as coals burn hotter and longer when piled together, in the same way Christians who join together in spiritual fellowship will stoke one another's faith in God and inflame each other's love for Him. Here are a few reasons why you should join ourselves together in Christian fellowship. The first one is encouragement. Let us look closely at Hebrews 11 verse 25. This is what it says. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more so as you see the day approaching. The words give up means to completely abandon or utterly forsake. So Christians are forgiven to forsake meeting together. Giving up for a Christian is not an option. Shortly after the end of World War II, Sir Winston Churchill, who had just led England as Prime Minister through its finest hour during the war, was invited to speak to a gathering eager to hear his words of wisdom. The audience was prepared to be treated to a feast of words. They sat in rapt attention as the great orator strolled to the podium and like a drumbeat repeatedly exhorted the crowd. Never give up, never give up. And after several meetings and the final candens, he turned and took his seat before a stand crowd. The word encouraged is translated from the Greek word that means to call alongside and presents a beautiful picture of a person encouraging another while walking side by side together. We often find it easier to criticize or shame or judge another person who does not measure up to our standards. But God asks us to encourage, to stand along those who are wavering. The second benefit of meeting together is inspiration. When we read 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, it says, Do not misled. Bad company corrupts good character. The word misled means to be led astray from the truth. We find this admonition throughout the Bible, perhaps because we have a habit of thinking we know the way, even after God has told us the correct way. The word corrupt means to defile or destroy. Have you ever met people who, thinking they could help other people deep in sin, have instead been drawn into sins themselves? Life is full of examples of Christians who chose to remain with bad company only to find their faith corrupted. Do not be misled. We will become like the company we keep. If our goal is to grow spiritually and become a mature Christian, then we must spend time with Christians who are growing spiritually to maturity. The third aspect, the benefit of meeting together is restoration. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. That is Galatians 6 verse 1. The word caught means to be entrapped by surprise. Have you ever found yourself in trouble and needing help, but unable to find someone to call? Nothing is more frustrating and dangerous. Like getting caught in a strong ocean current, Christians can find themselves being swept away by sin's temptation. 
Fortunate is a Christian who has a spiritual friend who will not hesitate to jump in and rescue him from danger. When you become a Christian, Satan becomes your enemy. He continually schemes to entrap you to sin. Too often we can be harsh and judgmental with other Christians caught in sin, but here we are exhorted to be gentle. The word gentle is a translation of the same Greek from which meek is translated. A person who is meek is one who is humble towards God. This humility comes from the realization that God is the creator and we are simply his creation. This keeps us from pride that would hinder us from helping other Christians caught in sin. I want us to apply this truth in our lives today by mentioning the following four things. Number one, if we are to have rich fellowship, we need to meet regularly with other Christians who desire to grow in their faith. Number two, join a church that honors God and teaches his word and that please attend faithfully. Number three, become involved in your church's ministry. Lastly, support your church ministry financially through regular giving. Dear listener, don't neglect fellowshipping with the other brethren. Go and unite with them for fellowship so that they'll encourage you as you move on with this journey. Amen and amen. Remember to send us a views, comments, and suggestions about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276 Code 00100 Nairobi Kenya or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Till then, I've been your host, friend, and presenter, Samuel Mangi. Stay safe, stay blessed.